0: yo yo
1: yo what it is it is your boy gq there's your boy bug welcome back to the final episode of season five man it's been a long time coming gq we had his vision we brought a lot of guests on but i think this one is the episodes, most important
0: with
1: the episodes is it uh, we're probably a little bit over that because i think we 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 elongated the first two seasons we went a little a little deeper than ten but i think this episode will is is the one this is the one bro if uh
0: if you guys are watching on youtube uh obviously this is our first time not having a a man all male cast uh today we got liz on liz introduce yourself for the people that don't know you
2: hey it's liz and (laughs) i am a single mother single parent of four beautiful daughters
0: So me and Liz uh, are good friends. We met at the gym. Uh, We go to Lifetime. And uh, gradually, like a couple months ago last year, we will always like be working from the cafe, just like always. And then gradually just kind of like had conversation and then, you know, found out, you know, she has four girls. I have two girls. Boog has two twins. Um no, way! wait, yeah, wait no, 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 I have
1: a, I have a set of twins. That's not two twins. Let's not, that's a lot, <laughs> you know, try to figure baby. that out. Which,
0: which, Let's... which also Liz also has twins too. Uh, oh, so I didn't know I, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, shit. Uh, <laughs> so like, we would just always talk at the gym, man, and just like, you know, bounce off ideas, just like, you know, getting to know each other, knowing about the kids or whatnot. But uh, when we were talking, man, she just has like a really unique story. And I was just like, man, like if we ever do get the chance to, you know, have a, a woman on the podcast, because obviously people that are listening and, and follow us, we it's basically for dads. We only had dads on here, you know, uh, but I thought it'd be really, really good to have Liz on here just, you know, kind of just to express some of her feelings about like, you know, defining the dad, a father, uh, you know, some, somewhat of her upbringing of her having a dad and and, you know what that means to the girls. Uh, But but what you wanted to say before, you know, we dive deep and basically give like Liz, like an interview in a interview, a deep dive one. dog. I'm
1: excited. I'm excited for this one, bro, because this is like you said, bro. This is a real live interview, like because we don't really tap into the 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 female, the, the the female psyche. You see what I'm saying? A lot of it is just you know we we've been priding ourselves on the we we need to speak up more and you know what I mean, voice our opinions and things of that nature. But it's like, how does it come? From, how does that? How does it look to the other side? And how does it? portrayed on that end so I'm definitely excited thank you Liz for coming on uh we've been we've been I've been poking and prodding around GQ sent me to Instagram I was looking at Instagram I was like damn she really doing the thing because quite frankly to be honest having four of anything sounds like a massive massive headache so how do you stay on cue with your day-to-day like, I'm gonna tell you this when my fiance leaves and his Mina twins, I get a headache within the first 30 minutes because I'm picking up <laughs> both ends, right? I'm taking care of this, I, my normal duties, and then everything that I normally don't think about that I have to do. You know what I'm saying? So, how do right. you manage yourself?
2: Okay. So, right now, I'm holding up the mom juice right here <laughs> for if you're not on YouTube, the mom juice. Um, well, first off, I have to say thank you all for having me on the show. I It is an honor to be here. I'm, I feel the pressure because I am the first nah, woman. Um, no, I don't, there's no, <laughs> no, there's no pressure.
1: No, there's no pressure because you own your story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like exactly. everything that you're about to say is come from experiences. So no yes. pressure at it at all.
2: I appreciate that. So I'm going to be 100% transparent, vulnerable in this episode. That way... Everybody listening to it, all your fabulous viewers will get the firsthand um, word from me. Um, okay, so how do I stay afloat is the question. <laughs> Basically, <laughs>
1: how, do how do you stay the fuck afloat?
2: Um, I guess for me, it's been that way since day one, unfortunately. I, they did have their dad in their lives at first, but I didn't realize how absent he was. So even when I had my firstborn, and she's eight now, my twins are six, and my youngest is four. Um, even when he was around, he wasn't really around.
1: No, wait, so, wait, wait, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry not to cut you off, but you you just danced around that. You have an eight, <laughs> eight-year-old. eight You have a set of twins who are six.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Yo, she's and a, a four, champion.
2: She just And a
0: four-year-old. And a four-year-old, right?
2: Four-year-old. And she is fierce. She's fierce. She's like, Happy. I thought I figured it out with kid one, two and three, and then four came along and I was like, oh, she's going to be easy because I've done it three times. Yo, she's a whole different ballgame. I was like, I'm not.
0: Oh. So let me let me ask you this. So when you because everyone has the whole like impression of like, yo, having twins, it's like it's base, it's a blessing, mm-hmm. but sometimes it could be a curse. Absolutely. Uh, just have just of uh, just having like even now when I have two kids, it's like, dang, I wanted twins, but I'm like, dang, I don't even know if my wife could handle having two kids like breastfeeding and all of that. So break, break it, break it down. So you had your first kid, right? Right. How, what, what, what was the feeling about that? Having your first kid? How was like, what was your reaction? Like, did you want a boy? Did you want a girl? What was like, what was, go take us back eight years ago of how you felt when you just had your first kid.
2: Okay. um, So for me, and let me just say this, your wife would be able to handle it. Like, we don't see that when it's like not existent, but she she would be able to figure it out. But when I hear she's a rock star, so she would have gotten it down. Hey, bro, Uh, listen,
1: nah, nah, fuck that. You ain't got no choice but to handle it at that point. You
2: don't have a choice. (laughs) You figure it out um
1: exactly
2: okay so for me i was ecstatic when i got pregnant with my first because i wanted kids for eons like i thought i was going to be 21 22 having kids because i just couldn't wait to have kids um but we waited uh i think i was like 29 when i got pregnant so of course i was over the moon and um i wanted a boy at first i think everybody (laughs) just wants like not everybody, but maybe Boog <laughs> is saying no, you shaking taking his head no. I wanted a boy because you just feel like the boy is the protector. I had an older brother, so I was like, I wanted that for my kids too. But I'll be honest, I am so happy I had a girl. I'm so glad that I had her first because when wins followed, if I had a boy, he would have been like, no, mom, I'm going to play with my trucks. She like stepped up to the fucking plate and was like, here's a bottle, here's a diaper. I don't think I would have got that from a little boy.
1: No, you wouldn't so. have, trust me. You won't. You won't. <laughs> yeah, you these know. little fuckers. These little boys are mis- they're miserable people <laughs> at this age. They're like that they're like that seventy five year old like angry man. Like they just are always mad about something, but they yet they cry all the time. Like I oh, thought I God. was gonna have all girls. I was praying. I was going to have all girls. Oh, but my gosh. This little this little this little rubber rouser came out first and he's been, he's been <laughs> just. But yeah, no, I'm sorry. So
0: you're excited. You get the girl and, you know, everything's going good. And then two years goes by and you have you. Have, so you're pregnant again, right?
2: right? Yeah. You're
0: pregnant again. And uh, tell me how you're feeling about that right so you have your first it's been 2 years how how is cuz we also talk about co-parenting and how hard parenting is just in general
2: right how
0: how was the first 2 years of like having a first child been for you how was that
2: um to be honest my first was really easy like i didn't have yeah she was a lot of work any baby is a lot of work but I was just so excited to be a mother that it just didn't matter how much work I had to put in. Um, and then I just felt, I feel like, uh, that's, every,
0: I feel like that's every woman, man, to be have, honest. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a crazy, uh, feeling to have to just like, yo, know, no matter what, like, I'm just going to put the work in. Like yeah. that's, that's wild.
2: Wow. Yeah. You know, and to be honest, like I, looking back, I didn't realize I was like, doing everything for the most part um so when I was planning the next or we were planning like all of our kids were planned um but I didn't think twins was coming along like I joked about it for like 12 years because it runs in my family and I was like yeah we're gonna be the one with twins so I had convinced myself that we're not gonna have twins because I said it so much in like a jokingly way like I nearly fainted when the when the doctor told us we were gonna have twins I don't know how that day was for you bug but no, I actually, was just
1: that going. day was that no finish your day cuz your day seems a little bit it's oh, different no. from a woman's <laughs> perspective cuz from a woman's perspective like at least me thinking talking out loud it's like oh cool like this is a very very special moment for you know what I'm saying like for me for the two that are coming for the one that I already have like there's a lot of emotions going on. with me, it was like, man, what is going on? Like, I couldn't plan this out. Like, this is a story that, like, if I told somebody, they wouldn't believe. You know what I'm saying? I moved to San Diego, got somebody pregnant a month later to have two kids and to have twins, and here I am today. Like, it's like I couldn't script this out any better. You know what I'm saying? So I can't imagine what it's like for you.
2: Exactly. Well, yours, yeah, unexpectedly, I couldn't even fathom. Like, I at least had a practice round, so I don't know how you jumped into it with me.
1: Nah, I had, but you have no choice, right? Like, it's just like one of those things, well, I already knew moving into it that I was going to be the best dad I could be. I was the best father I could be, rather. I was going to be try to be hands-on as much as I could and do all that. I knew that was going to happen, but it was like to us, like, all right, well, I guess I just got lucky and I'm going to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? I'm very a figure it out type person so yeah
2: yeah i guess for me that day um i just wanted to confirm i was pregnant we walk in um we actually had kirsten my oldest with us um so we all three went back in the room together their dad um kirsten was 18 months no so the twins were born two months prior so 22 kirsten was 22 months old when the twins were born um so when I was confirming I was pregnant I was like just tell me I'm pregnant because they want like a actual legit test and I was like okay then I'll just move on with the pregnancy but then Kirsten was acting up she was like wailing and so um, her dad took her to the waiting room and it's just so ironic that the nurse was like hey the doctor's actually here to do the scan to confirm she's pregnant I want you to come back into the room so it was just so odd to me like who asked the dad to come back to the room when the toddler is like having a meltdown um and then just as soon as she closed the door like she jailed me up and put the ultrasound thing on me and she was like yeah i see two sacks and i'm like yo bitch don't just hit me with the first line (laughs) yo i hear two sacks like i'm going back to science class in like the seventh grade and i'm like i know what that fucking means but i don't know what that
1: no, you know what it means. You just don't want to believe it at that moment, at that current time. It's like, oh, shit. Like, there's two sacks. There's two kids. There's no way they're yeah. fucking feeding up. But one clean like, feeding up two.
2: Who doesn't butter you up and be like, okay, yes, you're pregnant. Like, that's all I wanted to hear first. Oh,
0: man. So it was I, a lot. I, I think also, like I was saying, it's like having twins, it's like a, it's a gift, man. It it's is. It's really a gift to carry more, more than... It's already a gift to carry one child. Absolutely. But to carry more than one, mm-hmm. it's you really gotta look at it, yo, it's it's beyond a gift, right? Mm-hmm. And to actually have them and they're healthy. Yes. Like so we don't that's look my like, next, that like that.
1: No, we don't. And that's what was my next question to you, because they say with twins, thirty eight weeks is like full term. How far right. and how long did you go?
2: Okay, so rewinding back to my first, she was actually emergency C section. Um, okay. Because her sack broke like at 6 a.m. But when I called the nurse, um, she was like, don't come in. It doesn't sound like your water actually broke. So I didn't go until midnight that night. And all mm. day, the fluid was leaking out of the sack. And um, so she, was, she didn't have any fluid surrounding her. They tried to pump more fluid in her. Um, like around her so I could have a natural pregnancy, but she ended up being an emergency C-section. So fast forward to the twins, they were going to be a C-section just because Johns Hopkins rules are, if it's under two years with the next kid, you're going to you have, have C-section,
0: C-section. C-section. Correct.
2: Let alone yeah. twins. And then let alone yeah. my second twin had placenta pervera, which means the placenta didn't attach properly. Um, so she was at risk, but. Thank the Lord. They were both healthy and Amen. I did make it to 38 weeks. It was scheduled and everything went fine.
1: That's, so. ex- listen, that's, that's exciting. I don't like when we went in. I, I, I was crazy, me and you having this heart to heart right now because Shane, Shane just had one and another. But it's like with twins, like <laughs> when you walk in, you have these 38 weeks. You walk in, it's like checking into a hotel. There was no, no, never a call like, "Hey, my water broke. Like, I need you to come in." You walk in, it's yeah. like flowers mm-hmm. and shit. C section, boom, <laughs> boom, boom, stitch it back up. We're done. Like, that's that's awesome to hear, though.
2: What was your guys' experience like? <clears throat> uh
1: oh. I mean, the eyes. I mean, wow. I was I was normal. I was shook for the longest. Like me, like yeah. When the day came and it was like, all right motherfucker you can really have kids it was like i like i remember crying in the car i cried in the car had this like whole movie scene my fiance was like let's go get our kids i don't know what the fuck i thought i was on some like george clooney type shit whatever but we went in there and well, then, george clooney doesn't have any kids i get it but it, i'm talking about acting wise all right let's just get let's move on from that but when we went back there like i remember like it took like 6 7 nurses to carry me and like help me in the room because i was like shaking and they were like, "All right, Mr. Davis, don't don't bump into anything. These big ass lights." And then she was just laying on the table, and I, and then that 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 blue she went up. It was like, "All right, here's somebody." Yeah. Took him off, and then within like like my twins, they say a minute apart, but they're literally like 30 to 45 seconds apart when the C-section happens. Oh it's wow. like One, and it's like the other. Yeah. Okay. So, but uh Man, that was a nerve wracking. It was like it was this overcoming mm-hmm. feeling of like, all right, I got to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I just got to be yeah. in the moment.
2: So, yeah, absolutely.
1: According to GQ, though, Shane didn't cry. I, I was crying for no reason. Shane was apparently had this whole different experience. So we'll let him go. Yeah, on
0: <laughs> yeah I, I didn't cry. You know, people think I would, but didn't cry <laughs> when any of the kids were born, didn't cry on the wedding just I'm an emotional guy, but I just felt like I was already ready for the situation. Like I'm already, I'm already in, I'm already in it. Like I'm already ready. I'm like, all right, come on, let's go. Let's mm-hmm. let's get it, let's get it, let's get it, let's get it. You know what I mean? So
1: yeah. uh, a
0: little bit different. So boom, now you have three kids, right? You got a two year old, you got two twins. What is the feeling like? Is there, what, what, what comes up with the body? Because like I said, For us, all we could talk about is the baby came and that's really it. We do what we gotta do, but like, what is going on? And and, you know, just tell some of the viewers like postpartum depression or just being overwhelmed or just like what in the first, tell me what's going on in the first like four weeks. Is there any, yeah, the first four (laughs) weeks. If I I
2: remember the first four weeks.
0: because i feel like the first 4 weeks were like when you first have kids are like it's it's like a whirlwind like so much is going on uh you got to attend to the your your oldest
1: mm-hmm. you, you
0: got two twins and you're trying to whatever do what you need to do with them so like how was that now having three kids
2: yeah um... It was exciting and tiring and exhausting, and if I had to speak about the first, first four weeks, I have no idea what even happened. It was, like, just survival mode. um, For me, like I said, look, and I'm not going to bash their dad at all on this. Like, he is who he is, and it's just unfortunate that a lot of, like, those late-night feedings and things like that, like, he just wasn't around. Um, so my not even like two year old, she was so excited about the babies and everything. And I've, sometimes I feel the mom guilt because I allowed her to step into that role. Like she would hold bottles. I would hold one bottle. She would hold the other bottle. Like she knew I was changing diapers. She would go get the diapers. She's getting wipes. It was like, she was like this little mama and she wasn't even two years old. Um, but she, she. Is ama- and that's why I'm like, I'm so glad I had her first because I am i don't, I know I wouldn't have got that with a point, <laughs> No offense.
1: No, you but, wouldn't have. You um, wouldn't it, have. Was
2: exha- it was exhausting. Like if you put one word on it, it, sh- it was just exhausting. It was a blur. I don't really even remember how I survived.
0: Everything happens for a reason. Oh, yeah. But, but now I want to know because we always talk about communication is one of the biggest things, parents. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Communication, direct communication where and and how's the communication gone wrong between two spouses right mm-hmm. when when the kids are that young like because obviously for me i've come to a point where i realize like not every guy can be a father right no. that's just the, that's just the reality really the reality yeah. behind it. mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing when my mom was like yeah man like, i went to college and then Like, man, the first couple of weeks, I was like, man, this ain't for me. You know what I mean? That's
2: what I did, too. I went to Virginia Tech, and I was like, no, I dropped out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right? So (laughs) her and my other roommate, I had a roommate my junior year. Shout out to Malik. He uh, was a senior when I was a junior. And when the last game of the season, he was like, man, I'm going back to Philly. He was like, man, this school thing is just not for me, right? Mm -hmm. And from then and there, I realized that, like, certain things are not for everyone and you can't really, like, judge them. Right. And I kind of feel like the same thing with fatherhood. Like, we kind of talked about this, too. Like, we don't know what men go through before they had kids or certain traumas, you know, because as men, like we kind of hold a lot of things in. Um, But I just want to know, like, where has the communication gone wrong? Because there's three kids in the house. Lord knows you're tired as hell but like like you just said like he's not really stepping up to like feed or you know do whatever you're saying like what do you think like communication went wrong?
2: Okay, so if I rewind back and if I would have examined like would he been a good father? I would have never had children with him. Um and How I How do you know that? I guess that's the
1: I thing though. Is that, that like how like do, do do just asking from a male, male perspective do women yeah. think like is that like a question that pops up, like hey I, I could have kids like it's like all right he's good looking whatever but it's like right can i have kids with him is that the first thing that pops up to someone's mind
2: for me no it wasn't okay. and like i feel like if we were together for so long and women are we're always saying oh gosh we invested so much time And I got hooked on that. I was like, we've invested so much time, so I might as well stay with this person. But after like, so we've been divorced, separated for two and a half years. And when I look back and not to bash on my parents or father in any way, um, we're all doing the best that we can. But my father wasn't in the household, even though I was raised by both my mother and father. My father worked an hour out of town so he had a commute and then he'd work his eight hours and then he'd have a commute back but then he worked a part-time job in the evenings so i was raised by my mother so i
0: love this i love this i love this i love this because me and bug like we talk about this and like i said we are always getting one point of view right we're not we're not the best dads in the world you know what i mean We're not the perfect dads in the world. We don't have the best viewpoints, but we do have reality to being a father from different aspects. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the reasons I brought you on here is because I love your story. You're a great person, kind of funny a little bit.
1: Thank you. Oh, please. But
0: but you, 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 I feel like you can kind of give, you know, listeners just kind of the viewpoint of like, some of the things that we don't talk about because we you know earlier in episode i mean season four we talked about being present but not necessarily being present right mm-hmm. and this is goes for everyone there's not not only your situation but there's millions of kids out there that was brought up with two parents in a household right. but one parent is like not present like they're probably an alcoholic they sit on the couch they're depressed they work hard. Uh, They're just not there mentally. It's so much that goes on, like I said. But we don't know that when we're young, just because it's like, oh, like, you know, they're there. But they're when we start to grow up in certain things, you know, we act a certain way or we realize how we are. It's because of that. But I guess now looking at, looking back on it, like how much has that impacted you and do you think it'll impact your kids of having a parent or having like a father, not only just a father, but a mother being there, but not necessarily being there emotionally.
2: Um, I mean, it, after, like I went to counseling, I did therapy. Like I did a lot of healing after the divorce and just really trying to find myself. Um, I was with her dad since I was like 18, 19. So I didn't really have any adulthood where it was just me learning myself and who I was with, but, um, I don't know, I guess for me, I look at things a lot differently than I did back then. Um, so what I was necessarily looking for a partner back then, I'm not looking for now. And it took a lot of like healing and self-development development and reflecting on my childhood and like I said it's no fault of my parents it was during the times like they just had to make ends meet so my dad had just had to work two jobs but um I was I kept thinking like after I divorced their dad like are my girls going to have daddy issues and then I have two sisters and one of them I'm really close with and I just asked her like a couple weeks ago, I was like, do you think we have daddy issues? Because even though he was in our lives, he wasn't really present in our life. And she was like, why the fuck are you just realizing that? And I was like, I've never thought about it before. Um, So it, it's funny how, not really funny, but um, I was so concerned about like making sure that my four daughters don't have daddy issues I was like, damn, I haven't healed from my own, so that's probably like the next person. And of you action, come
1: from like her mother. You come from like a, a unique situation because even like with your dad, like you said that he worked, he worked two jobs, right? So he was hour yeah. commute, eight hours. He was. At, you hear me? Uh, yeah. Like your situation is unique. Like me, personally speaking, like my dad was present. My dad wasn't there and it wasn't my mm-hmm. choice i mean he he was there like almost in a sense like not by choice like your father had to go get it, he had to go grind it out you know what i mean and yeah. it's, it's it's interesting perspective because your dad was doing everything he could to provide for his family but even though mm-hmm. it's like you can't make up for time that's not spent with your kids you yeah. know what I mean? It's just it's yeah. just a crazy way of looking at it cuz it's like your dad had to do what he, he did what he had to do. And that's what men do. We provide. Like we're we're natural providers. Like we know how to hunt, we know how to get this money, we know how to make it happen. You know what I mean? It's still even though his in, his 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 means were they were the he had the right intentions. It's just like how the effects could happen on the back end.
2: Yeah, I totally get that, and I I can see how, like, your story, Bug, relates to, like, what I'm dealing with with the girl's father, because he was absolutely there, but um, he would be there, like, I don't know, three in the morning until three in the afternoon, but he was also coming off a high of alcohol or whatever else he was on, Um, so he wasn't there to do anything for the kids he was just there to sleep it off and then party again the next day it was like nonstop every day so did they see them did they see him yes they saw him every day in the household but was he involved was he going like to these little easter egg hunts and different christmas activities or birthday parties like he wouldn't attend any of that kind of stuff um yeah i never thought of it being two different perspectives like that but just to feel a dad Kind of being absent in a way. It's kinda of hard. You know, it's
1: hard for any kid. Yeah, and especially when it comes to like your kid, I can only imagine what's like with a parents. Like me being in the house as a kid seeing it and then you understand it and it's like, all right, yeah, my mom, like me, my mom now, we're fucking two peas in a pie. Like you can't sit my fiance, like she like laughs at me because I'm I call my mom <laughs> twice a day.
0: Literally, um, I call my mom
1: twice a day. And this is for the only the, everyone's like, Oh, Lawrence is a mom boy. No, fuck all that no i call my mom twice a day when i speak to her in the morning make sure she's good because she's by herself but the second time i call her just to make sure she sees the kids you know what i mean because that's it brings lightness to her day so i look at it from that perspective so yeah i don't nah.
0: blame book, but, man even if a mama boy or not man like i i have both parents but like i don't blame someone for being naturally gravitating towards one parent if they fucking raised them their whole life. Like, yeah. I don't see nothing wrong with that. Like it's only okay. normal, especially when it's the opposite sex. Right. So like, say, for example, I was, uh, I was a single father, single parent. Right. And I raised two girls and I did that my whole life with them. It's only natural for them to be attached to me, like, and call me or, want a, uh, a husband or a guy to treat, treat them the way I treat them or talk to them mm-hmm. the way I talk to them or care for them the way I care for them, because that's kind of all they know, you know what I mean? So like, especially if a person done a good job, it's like the bar's already set. Like if you ain't me in that bar that my dad or my mom set, yeah. then I'm going to have an issue with you. And that's, that might, and like you said, that might be daddy's issue, mommy issues, but I don't blame people for it, man. I really but don't. But you know
1: what though, and and to your situation specifically like looking forward, like you probably don't see it cuz you're at 8 years and I at 8 I, I can't imagine they they might act like they're 25 cuz my 3-year-old acts like she's 18. And I can only imagine <laughs> you know, the, the shit just moving forward. But like the the and the bond that you're gonna have with like just hearing everything and you're gonna take everything for face value and just coach it through fucking life, like I could just think about all the times when I was in college and I'll call my mom like, "Yo, I need to figure this out," and she was just always there. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. like that. It's just it's, it's it's beautiful. So I can't. I don't. I don't know how it is for women because like you're raising girls. I know a lot of girls butt heads with their moms, but like at the end of the day, like. Your mom and you're, you're always going to be there. And I think I'm sure you're you're exemplifying that every day in and out um, with them. So it's going to be it's going to be dope when they get older and y'all all y'all are just going to be intertwined and no one's going to be able to fuck with nobody. It's going to be perfect.
0: It I'm telling you, it, I'm- it brings me to think kind of what we talked about before we jumped on the pod of like the definition of a father to you, the definition of a dad to you. And uh, I just I I love this 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 time and this topic right now because I love to hear from different people what their ideal father means to them because everyone has different definitions of what a father means to them, right? And because you know you came from a household where two parents are there, one not really present, and obviously having a spouse that's not really present and wanted them to be a father at that time in that moment not now but like what was your definition of a dad or a father
2: okay so what i so you're asking me the definition of a father back when i first was dating before i had kids oh man for me because of my situation where my father really wasn't in the household i saw my mother raise us pretty much solely on her own. So I felt like for me, that was my job to raise the children on my own. I never even thought about like a man should split 50 50. We should do like <laughs> your eyes are like getting all big. Nah, they
1: are, Who man. me? Nah, they no, are. Either. They definitely are.
2: <laughs> I, and I'll, I'll be honest. Like after listening to your guys' podcast, I was like, yo, I didn't even think there were men out there that existed that would even think like 50 50 was just normal and it's it's i don't know it's just the way i was brought up that was just my life experience and that was my journey um i just didn't exceed i didn't experience it so um yeah to have a dad who was working two jobs to financially provide and then for me to have children um I don't know. He was there to financially provide, but then at the same time, I was there to financially provide. Yeah. Um. And not to fast forward too quickly, but that was like my reason to be like, well, shit, I'm doing both sides. That's the end of that. Like, why continue with you if you're just not doing anything? Um. So my definition of a dad, <laughs> I don't even... Honestly, I've never really thought it through. As naive as I was, like, I was... really good person. I was raised around really good people. And I was so naive to just think everybody in the world is just a good person. Like, why wouldn't you step up to the plate when you have a child? So when it didn't happen, I was just mind blown. I was just like, how could you not be present when you have a child? Because I like you like you guys said, like, yeah, if you were out working, it makes perfectly sense. But if you're out partying and getting fucked up every night like that's more important to you than your child it's so let me ask sound- you this
1: real question i'm sorry i'm sorry because I, uh, I, mean? I just wanted to i just wanted to hear this so what is your so what is your number so your what is your number one expectation of when it for for what it would look like for a man to be a father like if say you're you're meeting a man he's your number one expectation you're getting ready to have a kid what's your number one expectation of him like where are you setting the bar for him that that makes sense
2: um i mean honestly now it would be a conversation about actually having kids and how they would be involved with the child okay back then it was like can you provide your for your family and protect your family
1: So was there ever, like, any, like, because we, I mean, even, like, I I mean, I would suspect, like, women to, like, look at us the same way we would look at them as far as, like, was, like, little hints of, like, oh, like, this is the one, you know what I mean? He's showing a little bit of, a little bit of caring, a little bit of writing, you know what I mean? Like, going a long way. I know you mentioned time was, like, you said time was because you guys put in so much time together that it would automatically translate. Like what was there like little behaviors here and there that you saw that was like, all right, maybe we could do this. Oh,
2: this
1: is about to get deep. <laughs> I, I, is, I, I not, we don't have to get too deep, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> it's just, it's a normal, it's a normal thing to do. Like some men look at women like, Oh man, maybe she could have my kids one day. And some women look at men like, Oh, he's the one. You know what I mean? Like there's certain like behaviors or anything like that. Like what does it look like to you?
2: Okay. So for me, I was in a very toxic relationship. So we would have those really high highs and those really low lows. And as much as people don't want to talk about it, I talk about it because There are women out there that if they hear my story, they'll be like, shit, she's dealing with that, too. I'm dealing with that. I'm not alone. And then they find power in themselves to get out of it. Um, But for me, once I was caught in that cycle, it's so hard to get out. And even me as like an educated woman that has a great job, who has her own place, who has her own car, makes her own money. It is still so hard to get out of. Um. Okay. So yeah, he, and I'll be honest, every time I had a child with him, I left, I moved out, I was like, I'm doing this on my own. And then he convinced me to move right back in. So it was tough. It was hard. I never gave my children stability. Like, they had a really trashy childhood that I'm making up for now. Um,
1: so like, but- when was it like... When was it like I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm not going down a rabbit hole, but it was like because you just brought up the cycle, but like uh-huh. what like when was it like all right, it's either him or my kids, you know what I mean to get a bit that better childhood or whatever it was. When was it yeah. like a click because like we see it all the time. There's a lot of women out there who are in toxic relationships who are like stuck in that cycle yeah. and they just mm-hmm. will never leave. You know what I mean. When was it that moment where it's like all right, this is it.
2: Yeah, honestly, um, everyone's like, leave for yourself, leave for yourself. But for me, I left for the children. I saw how they were being affected by it. My children would not sleep through the night. They would have nightmares. They would come running to my room in the middle of the night. Um, The night that I decided to leave, it was really spontaneous impulse. I went to my mother's house, my parents' house. We slept in their, like, one spare bedroom. And my children slept through the night for the first time, like, in their lives they slept through the night no problems wow. my one of my twins was like potty training regressing like i could not get her to be <sighs> potty trained and i was like what is going on you've been potty trained and then two months later you're, you're regressing and i'm like what i'm thinking what is her problem but honestly once i moved back into my like into my parents house and i will admit this at like 34 years old i did move into my parents house even though i was stable i could do things on my own I'm so glad I did that because it it like woke me up. I was like, "Oh my god, my children slept through the night for the very first time!" Like, they are at peace. They feel stable. They feel safe in my parents' household. And I was like, "I ha- as a mother, I wasn't providing that for them for the entire part of their lives."
1: Damn, that's a blessing. That is a true yeah. blessing. You know what I mean? That makes you feel,
0: man, because. Uh, one thing I was thinking about is like, we only know what we know, right? And the reason I say that is because it goes back to just picking a spouse um, that we believe can be the right spouse for us and our kids, right? Right. When you you grow up in a certain environment and you only know what you know, Mm -hmm. that sometimes just that viewpoint kind of sets you up for what's gonna be next to come, right? And this happens for all of us, you know what I mean? For jobs, relationships, parenting, that that viewpoint that we know growing up, when we're locked into that, that's usually what's gonna happen when we get to adulthood, you know what I mean? Unless, you know, something drastic happens or someone comes in your life that can actually change you. Yeah. But, <clears throat> just knowing that, you know, seeing, you know, seeing your, your father do what he does, just grinding it out. And then kind of just having that same mindset of like, you know what? I think a woman can do this shit, man. I, I don't I, As long as I got someone just here in the house, you know what I mean, financially, like I can actually do this shit. And then kind of realizing like, yo, you know what? This shit takes two to tangle, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then how it's kind of affecting the kids and you actually seeing that with your own eyes, like, how does how does that make you feel? You know, at that time, like, you know, damn, man, I fucking invested in this shit, man. And the kids could, they could have done better.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, even looking back now today, I regret absolutely nothing because I have my four beautiful daughters. So Good. I always see something in life like a blessing from God. And I know every time, like I heard from the doctor, like you're having a girl, you're having a girl, you're having a girl. I was like, (laughs)
1: like...
2: (laughs) like, God has been like knocking at my door for so long to be like, yo, if you don't leave someone who is toxic to women, you are not doing right by God's children. And I solely like I believe I had no voice because every time he was like, "Yo, you keep fucking up. I'm giving you another girl until you realize like you are fucking up by staying with someone who's so toxic." Um. So no, and then but you I know just- what?
1: Go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. I- no, go finish your statement. No, I was just <laughs> saying that like it's kind of like your your own. It's like what kind of what GQ was saying is like. At some point, your own previous experiences of growing up in a household where it's like you know where something isn't right, it kind of creeps in and it kind of talks quicker than what you're actually going through. It's like shit. Like for me, like it's, for instance, like I think about it all the time. Like when I give these two fucking knuckleheads I got upstairs a bath, it's like, when's the last time? I, like, w- not the when the last time my dad gave me a bath, I'm a man, but like, w- like, going back to my childhood it was like, damn, like I don't ever remember my dad doing something like this or like damn yeah. my dad was cooking dinner for me or you know what I mean? Like little things like that. At some point it creeps into your your psyche and you're like, shit, something's not right. And then that's when you yeah. make to change. So And yeah. did you
2: guys have that? Did you have the father that was like cooking and cleaning and like 50 yeah, If well, that
1: okay, if nice. that negro if that negro wasn't sleeping, I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> I, but it's I cool though at the more. end of the day at the end of the day like that's my pop like at, like even now if you ask me like that's my pops like i'll never hold anything any grudge against him because at the end of the day whatever happened turned me into who i am today for my two yeah. so it's like whatever <laughs> so i just i just glossed it over but like growing up man i telling you if that motherfucker wasn't asleep watching espn i don't know what he was doing like i said I
0: think mine's a little bit different. My dad never was a cooker or
1: uh,
0: he wasn't really an emotional person, but he was there. You know what I mean? Like he was always present, but he's kind of the same way too. Like he a grinder, like he a grinder, like he going to go out, he going to grind, he going to get it done. And I feel like that is somewhat of the old typical male, right? Just like, put your head down, keep it working, provide, all right, the the family's good, they got a shelter over their head, they got clothes on their back, Mm -hmm. everything's good. But, you know, with society today, with everyone having a voice, it's starting to come alive that, you know, dads can be more, or dads can step up more, or they don't get the credit they deserve, or they're not there emotionally. So now, you know, it's kind of like changing now, you know, things are a little bit changing and, and, people are there more emotionally not only just physically but you know just just overall being a father aspect but uh i think but like, and also, and also together,
1: culturally like, too though right yes yeah. true true you know true. What i mean you're jamaican it's a different it's a different story you know what i'm saying We've I mean you've had this argument like two seasons ago <laughs> when we were together we were talking about the whole 50 50 sh- situation remember that yeah it's uh,
0: yeah 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 i think yeah i think the 50 thing is it's good but i think also like there's cultures out there still it's not 50 50. it's 80 20. that's just how that shit goes you know what i mean yeah ain't nothing ain't nothing gonna change like it's traditional you know what i mean and if you break tradition you're just not gonna be in the tradition <laughs> that's just, <laughs> that's just how it go <laughs> that's just how it goes so uh i i think it just at the end of the day i feel like it's what works for you right cuz yeah. like right now we're we're in a space right now where like all three of us we're saying like 50-50 is good right like you do this you do that you scratch my back i scratch your back you be there i be there but then some people it works for them like 40 60 right. or 7-30 you know some there's some women out there like you know what I can hold this shit down. All you got to do is just bring in the money, just be here and that's it. Like, you know, I got uncles or my dad's, you know, can be there for the kids. But then sometimes, you know, later down the road that can affect the kids. You know, people don't really look at it too deep, but I think it just, it, it goes to whatever works for
1: other people, you know,
0: yep. right, everyone's right, different. Yeah.
1: And you always say it the best Shane is like, yo, your No matter what happens, your kids are always gonna know who was there. The always, the always, yo. Don't. That is the one piece. Of, that's like the number, the top three piece of advice I've taken from you is that no yeah. matter what, if if you ain't gotta be there 24 seven, you gotta be in their face all the time. But listen, they are gonna know when. At the end of the day, daddy was there, mommy was there. You know what I'm saying? That's the. That's yeah. definitely a, a GQ uh, yeah. quote never- right there. You never
0: have to talk bad about the other spouse. Some people do it. You never. The reality behind it is kids are so smart. They already know what's going on. They going to pick up on it like they're going to be driving in the car one day and they're going to be like, damn, man, Dad was never at my swimming practices. Man, Mom was always <laughs> yeah. there. And they're going to be like, Dad was never at my birthday party. Mom was always there and then finally they're just gonna pick up on it and then guess what they're gonna be calling their mom twice a day like Lawrence, <laughs> like yeah man what's good y'all all right that's how it goes <laughs> yeah. that's how it goes
1: yeah. that's how it always goes and big ups to liz she like she says like, i'm not gonna talk bad about him it's just you know what i mean it's just a face reality i gotta step up <laughs> to the plate and i'm more than capable of doing so so i'm definitely giving you flowers for that cause, that's thing. four! Oh my god, because you literally had. you Think about it, you had three under two.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my
1: gosh, my yeah. my cousin has four. Had four under four, like as of like a couple months ago, because like our oldest turned like five or something like that. Yeah, but I like,
2: think I, I think I was very close oh. to four and three. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh my gosh, I can't imagine. Dog, you know how <laughs> many times I thought about quitting with with these two and Ashley was here, like bro. Every times I'll just look at the walls and be like, "Man, fuck this. This is crazy." <laughs> but the fact that, like, but you know what? Though the beauty of parenthood is like you're old. Like, you if you're in it, you're in it. Like, you're gonna wake up the next day. You're gonna get to it. Like, fuck last night. Like, yeah, you maybe slept two hours, yeah. but whatever. You know what I'm saying? That's that's pretty. That's really that's really dope.
0: I I wanted to ask you like, what do you feel about sacrificing yourself for kids? And I'm talking about like basically giving up who you are as an individual to basically now take care of 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 another individual do you feel like that is like mandatory as a parent do you feel like it should be some type of balance like you shouldn't lose yourself or do you think it's just you know whatever you think what do you think cuz some you know everyone has a different opinion what do you see now that you're like you 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 like a, a vet in the game <laughs> you've been there. You've been there when you basically put all your eggs in one court, uh, uh, cart, and now you're like, now you're kind of balancing yourself. What do you feel like is a? It should be like the protocol for you know. Taking care of you know yeah. parenting.
2: Um. Yeah, definitely for me at first, I was like, this is my job. This is my responsibility. If he's tapping out, then I have no choice. It has to be me, 100% me. And then I know, like, a lot of mothers can relate. And I don't know, is there, there's dad guilt too, right? Like, there's mom guilt, there's dad guilt. Like, we feel guilty for, <laughs> my book is like, big eyes.
1: Guilty about what?
2: I don't want to say there's just mom guilt. Like, is there dad guilt too? Like, you're giving I mean, up a party I'm, to I'm, sacrifice for your children, right? Like, do you feel guilty? Yeah.
1: yeah. To play yeah. Going
2: to something because you're like, oh, I should be yes, there. Yes,
1: no, there is. Yes, that there, there is, but it's not as heavy as it is as mom guilt. Yeah. And the only reason okay. why I say that is because like me firsthand living this shit out is like my fiance wants to be around the kids. Like, she just, like, in her mind is, like, kids, like, I, that's my life. You know what I mean? I get it. And no knock to yeah. her. She's a completely, yeah. she's more mm-hmm. than welcome to feel that way. But me, like, I just came home today. I went to Boston yeah. for the weekend because I was, like, losing my mind. <laughs> I am so, I pride myself so much on this, and Shane knows what I'm talking about because Shane always says it, is that, like, I got to take care of me first. That, like, I Used to be like, nah, he's probably not right. But after a while, I start feeling crazy. I'm like, I got to step away and not feel guilty about it, and come back refreshed. Versus me like living through it and making mm-hmm. everybody upset. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I mean, like, it took me a while to like find a good balance between everything. I will admit, like the first two and a half, three years, I was like, no, I got this. Like, this is easy. I. This is what I'm here on earth to do. Um, And then I don't know, through my like healing process and self-development, I was like, no, I need to get these kids like ready for the universe, like for the world, not just my opinions, not my perspectives. And I started to feel like, yo, I'm failing them. Like if they don't hear from another grown up on how life is supposed to be or just to get something to kind of. Pull at what I'm giving them versus well grandma and grandpa said this or my uncle said this or my grandfather said this like I'm I just felt like yo I'm really failing them if I don't get them out there whether it's like my girlfriend watches them and they sleep over there and now I make it like I know for sure every month like the first weekend of the month or one weekend of the month they are going to their grandparents and that's not just for me to have my free time But for them to just, like, get a different perspective on life. And I don't agree with all of the, like, rules and everything that my parents have. But I feel like I turned out okay. Like, they're not trying to fail me. And if my kids can even just, even if someone's going to teach your kids something negative, you can at least come back and say, have, like, a conversation about it with your kids. Like, yeah, I realize they said that, but... And I just feel like there's so much growth in that than just being the sole person or the sole two people raising the kids all alone. I think you should involve a lot of people. But that was really really
1: hey, hard. GQ, This is the this is the second time we've heard that word on this podcast and you know what I'm talking about cuz Baye said it when he when we were talking on episode I believe it was 3. The word what fail. Said. You're never um. failing if you're trying to be there. All <laughs> oh right. I'm saying no. that I gotta say it again. Yeah. You're never failing though. Really? Because you're you're there, you're putting your yeah. best foot forward. Yeah, you may mess up here or there, whatever. They're not gonna die. They're just gonna cry about yeah. it. and you just know not to do it again. All right. So you're never failing. Yeah. But no, yeah. you got the perspective, yo, her perspective is so intricate because she has the perspective of like a male and a female, like some females, it's like no, it's me, like dot like yeah, me yeah, yeah, thinking. Yeah, yeah. I'm so like Ashley. They need to be under someone else's direction at some point and understand not everything, like you said, that that person's teaching them is correct, and we can correct them on the back end. You know what I mean? But at least they're getting that developmental skills of like listening to other people and being under different instructions, and that's why, like, I tell Ashley, like, go away. So I can have two in one time because I'm a different parent than she is. Like some things it's that work true. for me don't work for her. And but they like, you know what I'm saying? Correct. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a parents. that's another story and a half. But no, <laughs> it's it's dope that you get you Yeah, no, but it's dope that you get your girls out and they get under different adults that you trust. You know what I mean? And they can gain trust with those adults. Yeah.
0: One last uh topic, you know, before we we close out. Uh, which I've been holding on to. We kind of talked about this, you know, one on one list. What what have you been doing to kind of like put that 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 male figure in the the girl's life, right? Because you know they gonna need it. You know what I mean? Like you know, no matter how much you're superwoman, how much you're a gladiator, how much you're you know the best person in the world to them. I truly believe that when it comes to girls, they yeah. need a male figure. You know what I mean? Because Yeah. They got they need some type of criteria to look at. You know what I mean? Like, you know, to to pick a father or to to yeah. pick a husband or a friend or, you know, just in general, like what a man actually is, you know, looks like, you know?
2: Yeah, there's that's a really good question. And there's even, like, different, you know, femininity and masculinity. Like, just to have that around is a different sense of feeling for your children. Even if it's not purposely placed there. Like, they feel that. They know if it's a man present. They know if it's a female present. Um, but for me, honestly, that was one of the hardest things that I dealt with, leaving. I was like, you know, they're not going to have... A father figure. I really knew deep down that he was going to be an absent parent. Sadly, um, he does have two older children, which mind blown. Like I should have seen that. I should have seen that coming. Um, but yeah, I just came to terms with it when I left. Um, I was like, I'm going to try. I'll try to have him present. But if he's not, um, each of them have god godparents, so they have a godmother, godfather. So I try my best to keep the godfather in the picture. Um and then I have my father and two brothers. So I always make sure like they're around them in some sense. Um unfortunately their grandfather and any male figure on that side has passed away. Um their dad only had like four sisters. So there's no male figure there otherwise I would have kept that connection. Um
0: got. I got a yeah. tap with I got to tap in a little bit deeper. I got I, even though that was just my last. Oh, I got to tap in a little bit deeper yeah.
1: now because I got to follow a question to all this cause, yeah, because because this gotta is this out.
0: because this this is big. This is to me, you know, this is big. You know these, For some people that don't know, you know, know Liz, yeah, <laughs> For some people that don't know, Liz's kids are are biracial, right? Beautiful, beautiful girls, and. uh you know, one thing that we talked about is them having, you know, curly hair. You know what I mean? So they do oh, have like yeah. that complexion and they have that heritage of having black in them. Yeah. Uh, you know, everything's great about, you know, that your oh uh, your your brother and your father and father now I don't know who's the, the godfather <laughs> but Oh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Liz, I tell you what, she be I all some my motherfucking are all
2: me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Where where is that that black culture coming from for these kids, right? Because Absolutely. you know, they, they look like you, right? They they have certain features of you, no. but they I, yeah. but they they have also that that ebony in them. Right, yep. that that melanin in them, <laughs> yes. and uh yeah, but I'm all on vocabulary shit today. Yeah, you really are. <laughs> but, I'm like very, very
1: like. But like, right where now.
0: you know, where is that actually coming from? And I think that's also important too. You know what I mean? That yes. they understand that background, who they are. You know, I'm not just this. I'm not just that. Like, I'm I'm this. I'm everything. Yep. So
2: you
1: and know how do you written. keep that afloat? How do you keep that not, not because you queue up, but like how do you keep yeah. that afloat, like keep it in the forefront, right? Like that's important. Like you should know who you are. You know what I mean? Like a lot of yeah. people don't think about. It. Some people are blinded to it. You know what I mean? Like I see Shane, mm-hmm. Shane sent me to send me the IG. I looked at it, I'm Like I'm about to send this off to Ashley because she needs to see this. Like this is dope. You know what I mean? Oh, For Caucasian you. women who have biracial kids, like it's like a real like. How do you 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 it's not. I'm saying maybe you, maybe you purposely do it or maybe not, but like you keep their culture and their heritage in the forefront to who they are in society. So how do you obtain that throughout their life?
2: Um. Yeah, I don't. I honestly, I don't know where it stems from. My family is completely Caucasian white. Um, their Godfathers for the most part are black. Um, but I do find myself. So I've always gravitated to just different people, any background, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, I'm also prior service military, so that's just the norm for us. We just get along with Mm. whoever's around. Um, But there were also battles like with my childhood, with my parents, and again, no shame on them, but they raised me, you know, they grew up white privilege and they didn't have to fight like any black had to fight and they don't understand where they came from. And if I say the girl's father did anything right, he did let me know like what the struggles were that he would go through as a black male. So I did hear a lot about that from him experiencing that experience and hearing what his parents experienced as well. Um, And I just knew it was so important, important when I had mixed race kids, black and white, that they had to know that growing up and know their identity. That was probably the second thing that scared me the most was like, how can myself as a white woman raise what is going to be perceived as black children in this world and in this racist American society? Um, so for a long time, that's why I did say, I was like, I can't do this by myself. There's no way I don't have the experience. I don't have the knowledge to be able to raise them in what they deserve to to be raised in. Um, But for so long, I did try to keep like his family involved. Um, And I do find, whether it's subconsciously or consciously, when I set up play dates, I am going to ensure that they're surrounded by black children, um, by black adults, or biracial adults that are just like themselves. um, But a diverse, background of people. um, I just know it's so important to them to see that they're getting the white female role all the time. They see my white privilege all day, every day. And I'm not going to say fail again, but if they think like they're going to be able to do the same things that I can in society, they're not going, like sadly, sadly, and I've cried many nights over this, like they're not going to have those same privileges that I do. Um and that scared me shitless. So I think that's why I put so much work into it to make sure that they're surrounded by it.
1: But you know what though, like being a uh, being a biracial kid who was raised by a Caucasian mother who did time in the military and who was very open-minded to all walks of life. Yeah. You may not even un- like you may not even notice that it's like you're you're probably almost like, feel like you're almost putting too much emphasis on it that they kind of like, they already know like what the deal is. You know what I mean? Like me growing Mm -hmm. up, compared to my mom, like maybe I wasn't thinking about white privilege and all that shit back when I was growing up because it wasn't really like a thing. But like, understanding who they are kind of like sets the the precedent for like how they understand society or treat them. I didn't know, like me growing up personally, I grew up in Columbia like, Everybody loved everybody, like everything was cool. I didn't understand like what the 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 disparity was until I moved where I live now, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, damn, they don't just like walk up to me. But then you kind of you understand what your upbringing was. Now to reflect back on that it was like, all right, well, I see like my mom was being treated a certain way, and oh, maybe that's why we were looked at funny here. Or maybe I was looked at funny this way in college, like. But they know they know, and they'll understand it being as though you make it so prevalent that they're like really like they understand it they get it
2: yeah yeah and i appreciate you saying that like when i first acknowledged it i went like full force like even my girlfriend she's black and puerto rican but she's perceived as black because she's got all her features mainly um present black um And She was like, "Yo, you're going too <laughs> hard in the paint. You're like, can you back off a little bit?"
1: You just and got to like, You I just got to know what you know.
2: Pressure. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. ain't, it ain't exactly. pressure.
1: I mean, at it's not pressure. Nothing's pressure. You yeah. I mean, hit. Hey, you got this. So, you know what I mean? Like, this yeah. world is crazy as it is there's yes. gonna be a lot there's a lot more biracial people in this world and no one's pure black or white these days you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's like the chances of you really walking down the block and not seeing somebody or like knowing somebody who's of a different color a different background creek whatever it's kind, of like, it's kind of like slim to none yeah but it's cool it's interesting for you to say that out loud though because like i feel like a lot of caucasian women who have biracial kids would be like what are you talking about like you don't even understand but it's like nah there's really like differences like like my kids like my my daughter has curly nappy like black people hair like naturally curly thick my son has curly hair but it's like that it's 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 not even medium he has that like if his hair goes long it's like gonna drop like that surfer thin Mm. curly like brown light skin hair so it's like completely different a lot of people don't understand like yeah you're having biracial kids but it's like you gotta really know what it's like and like understand it cause it's two different it's two different backgrounds you're walking at that point yeah definitely oh, man well book takes us away man oh, man nah dog there's gotta be another hour on this episode bro I got a lot <laughs> more questions to ask but we gonna keep it up to oh. where it is bro listen Liz thank you for for hopping on here with us we are tremendously appreciative of your blessing to this podcast and giving us your perspective, please shout out your your infamous Instagram because it's definitely catchy. For those oh, yeah. who have biracial kids or any other walk of life, please follow that joint. What is your handle?
2: All right. Well, thank you so much. You guys are amazing. You're killing it out here. I'm so thankful for you host you having me on the podcast. Um, so I'm at Instagram girls with duck curls, which is girls at not the but the D A curls. And I'll tell you like a little story. My my eight-year-old who was four at the time, she was like, Mom, the is not spelled D A, like it's spelled T H E. Will you correct that? And I was like, It's a little bit too late. So I'm girls at the curls, Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube channel where we give curly hair to And um, I'm also writing a book, which is gonna be Called Curls Untangled by Girls with a
1: Curls. So we'll see how it goes. Yo. We gotta go another hour, bro. We we didn't even tap into the book and yes. yo, there was so much unsaid on this episode. We might have, need to part two. I'm just saying. We might need uh, to we need to we're, need need
0: we're definitely doing a part two for sure. Okay. Uh appreciate Liz coming on. Like I said, man, these are relationships that i build built at the gym. You know, and I've told people this multiple times, I, I spent a lot of time at the gym, but Liz is an advocate. It's sometimes it's a relationship building place and it's a place for us to kind of just like relieve ourselves from like having kids or what's going on in the world. It's like a lot of the times we just be laughing and geeking and acting like we doing work or we not doing work on the laptop. And then eventually we get to work out, but you know, uh just here to tell people man just find find an outlet that gives you peace yeah uh because yeah. that that's that's needed like you know i've had multiple people on that i've met at the gym and for me the gym is like it's really a sacred place just because there's so many connection and there's a lot of people that have kids but you know find that sacred pace place guys you know it might be a gym it might be a I don't know a bar or whatever whatever it might be to just give you that peace just just do it. Do it, man. Uh, but appreciate you Liz. It's been a pl- it's been a pleasure.
2: Thank you, Bo. And uh, I appreciate you as well.
1: Yeah, keep doing your thing. You're you're amazing.
2: I learned so much. I didn't think as a female I'm like what are these two guys going to teach me but I have had so much growth just listening to you guys and like what I'm going to find in a future or look for in a future partner. I'm like, okay, mind blown. I didn't even know this was out there, so thank you.
1: Well, listen, y'all, you heard it there. That means your boy Bug and GQ, we might know a little bit, all right? We know, (laughs) know everything. We might know a little bit, all right? But listen, thank you guys for a tremendous season. Season five, we're wrapping this thing up. Season six is on the way. We got a lot of shit going on. Can't wait to share it with you guys. Please, by all means, subscribe to us, Diaper Dads Podcast on YouTube. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Anchor for those people who are weird. Get us on there as well. Follow us on Instagram, diaper.dads, diape and we love you. We'll <laughs> see you guys next season. That was the most... <laughs> Perfect ending I've ever had in my life. So we're just going to roll with that, all right? We love y'all. Peace. All peace
0: right, guys.
2: Peace out. <laughs>